Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Two very strong, very well-known, prolific, kind of legendary traditional Catholic priests, Father Shannon Collins and Father Sean Kopchinski, I think that's how you pronounce it, have been canceled from their parish by their bishop in the Covington, Kentucky Diocese. They're part of a order. I don't know if you call it a association or a society of the faith, society of apostolic life. I'm not really sure what their what their canonical structure is, but it's a essentially an order of priests, and I just a few of them, and they're based in Covington, Kentucky. They have their own parish and so forth. They've been there for a, a while now, and uh, it's very sad because I've benefited greatly from their sermons over the years. And um, we're going to get into my thoughts on the matter and why this is indicative of a larger pro problem in the Novus Ordo that has to do with a form of psychological abuse which is necessary in order to accept this paradigm. I'm not going to make any friends with this who are people of a different persuasion, and I don't really care because I'm at the point now where I've tried the dialogue thing with those who are anti-traditional, and they just, generally speaking, suffer from a spiritual sickness and disease that is basically incurable without some sort of miracle, so I'm not going to waste my time anymore. Uh, in any case, um, before we get into that, I'd like to talk to you about three things. The first is a once-in-a-lifetime trip to Italy. This fall is a pilgrimage um, with myself and Father Albert Calio. Um, by the way, I'm not wearing a toque because I want to look like Tim Pool. I don't even watch his show. I know who he is, but that's about it. I'm wearing this because I'm in my basement, which is really cold in the winter, and that's why. All right, let's just take a quick look here. With all the trouble in Rome, it is easy to forget about one unshakable fact. Our church is the Roman Catholic Church, and Rome is the Eternal City. What a perfect time to go on a pilgrimage to the Eternal City and the other monumental sites of Catholic heritage in beautiful Italy. Join Father Albert Calio and me this November as we tour through the shrines of Italy and the Amalfi Coast as we attend daily Mass in the Old Rite in the footsteps of St. Peter and St. Francis. Click the link in the description to register for this once-in-a-lifetime pilgrimage to discover the heart of the Catholic faith in the heart of the old Roman Empire. Go to kennedyhall.ca slash Italy, kennedyhall.ca slash Italy, or click the link in the show notes. Very clear which one it is. Big, bold letters. says Italy. Give it a click. Hope to see you there. Going to be a wonderful time. And the next thing I want to speak to you briefly about is the Canadian Martyrs Men's Conference. Well, that's my article that I'll be sharing with you. The Martyrs Conference is right there, taking place uh, in a month. And we have, at this point, sold way more tickets than we had last year by this point, selling really well. And uh, we've got a lot of space. We've got a big ballroom uh, book, so there's still lots of space left. But uh, we're hoping to double the size from last year. And last year, we had about 120. And we've already sold. We're already beyond that. So, And that was we hadn't sold near that much uh, before a month out. So we're doing really well. And it's um, really encouraging to see how many men have signed up for the, nights, the, the, the evening social the night before. We're going to have a great time. Only traditional Catholic Men's Conference North America, Father Michel Rion, Father Marcel Stannis, Tim Flanders, and myself all giving talks. Father Rion is the, um, Michel de Rion is the uh, keynote speaker. Begins on Friday night. There's a mass, low mass, then there's a meet and greet. Um, and then uh, Saturday there's mass to begin the day and then a day full of conferences and all those sorts of things. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I hope to see you there. we got people coming from all over North America as far as the deep south. we got people coming from the west coast area of the United States. we got people coming from the Midwest, from the east coast. we got people from all over Canada. It's going to be something special. Hope to see you there. And the last thing I want to talk to you about is my if how you can support this show if you'd like to. Two ways you can become a YouTube member, which is for those who just kind of enjoy the YouTube thing. If you want other types of stuff like articles and sort of 
um, just b- different sort of long form content that I that I narrate. You can go to the Substack, which we'll look at right now as we pull up this article. So there's still that uh, conference, but here is um, the article, and um, I call it the worst abuse in the Nova Sordo. And the reason I do this is because I'm trying to make it clear that what we're seeing right now within the shutdown of this traditional parish and the way that Catholics are treated by anti-trads, it really is, it really manifests the characteristics of a type of psychological abuse. And I'm going to use two words here, which are going to seem offensive to some, and I don't really care. The first one is gaslighting, which is pretty obvious. The second is grooming. And we're going to go into why as we look through this article here together. So I'm just going to read from this article. So with the recent news of two more traditional Catholic priests being canceled yet again over their stance on the new mass, I thought I would rant a bit about the worst abuse that comes from that abominable liturgy. If you weren't aware, Father Shannon Collins and Father Sean Kopchinski were unceremoniously removed from their posts in Covington, Kentucky uh, diocese due to their stance on the Novus Ordo. The letter from the bishop states they were both removed from their posts due to their stance on the new mass, which the bishop held as unacceptable. You can read that letter if you'd like. Um, the meat and potatoes of it essentially... As you can see around there, if you can see my cursor there, um, Father Collins had talked about the old mass or the new mass having being irrelevant and preserving nothing of the old. And uh, the reform of the liturgy was motivated by hatred towards traditional Catholics and the ancient liturgies of Rome. Father Collins is exactly correct. Exactly correct. Uh, Now, I don't know if this sermon is the exact sermon that got him canceled, but I did find one that you can find in the article. I'm not sure. I kind of looked it up in the deep dive on the internet. Um... The priests used to have a website that published their sermons, which were excellent, but it has since been, t- since been taken down, and I don't know if that was because of the cancellation or for some other reason. Personally, I benefited greatly from their preaching over the years, especially when coming to tradition, so it is a sad thing indeed. However, I did find the site on the archive, so you can access that there if you want. The link is in the article on the Substack. Especially helpful in my spiritual journey was their series on evolution and why it is antithetical to Catholic doctrine, so perhaps look that one up if you want. And you can find all this stuff organized on their website. <clears throat> that said, this debacle has inspired me to speak about what I consider to be the worst abuse or abuses in the new right. The first one is gaslighting. If you listen to the sermon by Father Collins, the one that I found, which I don't know if it is, is that one, but substantially seems to have the same message. I mean, if he's not canceled over that one, it's one just like it. He makes it very clear that the new right is simply not the Roman right. Now, he's correct about that. And his arguments are sound. Dr. Peter Kwasniewski's book, The Once and Future Roman Right, is in my mind the most comprehensive book on the subject, and I recommend it to everyone. And he concludes the same thing. Frankly, the new right is not the old right, even if it does have a few leftover pieces here and there that can be found in the old. The argument from the new right defenders is that it is a development, but that is not so. It's a destruction. It's a denigration. Upwards of 85% of the content of the old right was either taken out or changed which is a clear indication that whatever it is, it cannot be the same thing. There is more to be said, and this is not a comprehensive post about the history of the Roman Rite, but suffice it to say that if someone tells you that something that is 80% different from another thing is in fact the same thing, they are gaslighting you, and that is at the heart of the issue. Those of us who conscientiously and rightly reject the new mass are told by the sycophants of novelty that we are crazy for thinking like we do. The Roman Catholic Pope published the Mass, they say, and therefore it must be the Roman Rite. There are so many philosophical heresies at the heart of this statement, but the most egregious is an erroneous understanding of tradition and nominalism. 
For tradition to be tradition, it is necessary that something be handed on for safekeeping, which is essentially what the word means. Thus, if we find that something is not handed on in the way that it was received, then we cannot say it is part of tradition. That it may contain aspects of its former self will not do. For example, the Anglicans retained much of the Roman rite in their liturgy, but of course it is not the Roman rite, which is to say nothing of the schism and heresy. And for evidence of that, we have in the church the Anglican ordinariate who have their own rite. Now, it's part of the Latin church because they're Western, but it's not the Roman rite. And it looks a lot like the Novus Ordo, except it's more reverent. But it's still not the Roman rite, which just tells you all you need to know. We cannot be so feeble-minded to suggest that the Roman rite is the Roman rite, no matter how it is presented, merely because the Pope said so. The Pope did not create the Roman rite. He received it. Therefore, he must guard and protect it. If he creates a new thing, that thing may be good or bad, but it's not good because he is the Pope any more than a hamburger is Italian food because an Italian made a hamburger. Those who tell you that the new right is the old right in any substantial way are gaslighting you and should be avoided as they are intellectually bankrupt. Grooming. The term grooming is used to describe a process wherein an abuser wears you down over time to the point where you will do something you are uncomfortable with, something that is immoral. In the most egregious sense, this takes place in sexual settings, but the psychological approach can manifest in other settings. In essence, over time, you are gaslighted and verbally abused to the point where you simply give in and do whatever you're told, believing that if you don't, you will be a bad person, even though you think you are a bad person for doing the thing you don't want to do. It is the same way that cult leaders prepare their followers and is pretty much the way that governments got everyone to take a jab they didn't want. When someone is broken down by grooming, they will either get out, which is unlikely, or become a groomer or an accomplice to grooming themselves. How many people did you see flip-flop on the jab after they initially took it, even though they didn't want to? I know it is not a mortal sin to take a vaccine for a grave reason, so I'm not applying this as a universal, but it's just an example. Uh, after someone is groomed into doing what they wouldn't do, it is most likely that they will adopt the psychology of the groomer as a coping mechanism. This is why, for example, gangs will have new members commit murder or some other heinous crime in order to enter. It works like a sort of ethical blackmail. You killed someone, so you're like us, and if you want to leave, we will turn you in. Abusers work the same way, as they get their victims to admit they wanted whatever happened to them to have happened. It is sick, but it is a psychological trick that is used all over. Now, what does this have to do with the new mass? Well, if you're convinced that the new right is bad, then you will not want to participate in it. So if you are beaten down to the point where you participate in it, then you will psych be psychologically abused in the process, necessarily so. If you are abused in the process, then you are either going to adopt the psychology of your abuser or you are going to get out. If you don't get out, you will face a crisis of conscience wherein you will either beat them or join them, meaning you will begin to adopt the new mass as your own and before you know it, you will be screaming schism at those who will not attend. We see this all the time with the traditional Catholics who compromise for this or that reason. Think of the online idiots who once defended tradition and now excoriate it. Notice how they operate. They will say they are the true traditional Catholics, which is nothing more than gaslighting and insanity. But they are impervious to reason on the subject because they have numbed their conscience out of necessity to live with themselves. In addition, those who are groomed into a lifestyle or liturgical life that they hate will become the most prolific offenders. At any rate, all of this is to say that the worst abuse of the Novus Ordo is much deeper than the liturgical abuses you have seen. The worst abuse is the paradigm itself, which is a combination of both gaslighting and grooming. 
you will accept that it is the Roman right and you will like it. Otherwise, you are a bad person and something is wrong with you. God help these fools, these evil fools who continue to propagate this abomination. So what does this all mean? Essentially, if you have been convinced that the Novus Ordo was bad, for good reason, and there are many good reasons, and this podcast is not about that, that's a whole other thing. Something can be valid and still done wrongly, by the way, so those arguments are feeble. In any case, if you're convinced that there's a problem, that it constitutes a scandal, a danger, and so on and so forth, which again, that's not the point of this podcast. If you don't, believe, if you don't agree with that, read Dr. Kwasniewski's book, do some deep scholarship, and stop screaming about it in the comment section because it's annoying then you don't want to do it. So you're only going to do it out of pressure. That's the only reason. Um, so you're going to be filled with resentment. And if you're, you know, you're either going to accept it or you're going to escape it. Most people don't escape it once they go back in. This is why if you look around at the traditional Catholic enemies on the internet, uh, most of them are former trads themselves. And they're, that's why they're so evil. That's why they're so egregious. And they become basically, it's almost like they're psychologically possessed by some contagion. Um, they're completely impervious to reason and they just lie. They just lie, 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 lie. They just lie through their teeth. And it's impossible to debate them. It's impossible to reason with them. Because like someone who has gone into a lifestyle that they didn't want to and then had to make it their own, it's essentially a continual coping mechanism. And I want to further this, this topic of the grooming side. You know, sometimes you'll see these people saying, just go to your local Novus Ordo parish where everything's bad and just offer it up. What they're saying is, go accept your abuse. That's what they're saying. They're telling you to go put yourself in a position where things are egregious and learn to accept it and be happy about it. That's what they're saying. It's the same psychological thing. You know, like imagine you had... Um, you put your kids in a, in a school where they were teaching them badly. And someone said to you, listen, just put your kids in the school and just learn to accept it. Just offer it up. That's insane. How much more important is the liturgy and the mass? It's an, it, I can't use the word insane enough. These people who want to strong arm you into the new mass when you know there are huge problems with it and it is a scandal to God that the way that it's celebrated all over the world. These people manifest the same characteristics of those who want you to accept your abuse. That's what it is. I don't understand why this is so hard for people to believe. The Roman rite is not the, 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 the new mass is not the Roman rite. It's just not the same thing. It's substantially different. It's not the Roman rite. It contains major issues. This was known at the time of its promulgation. None of this is a surprise. I don't know why this is something that people have to continually find out over and over again. And I don't know why they're so resistant to it. It's a matter of history. You just look at the two missiles and you say one looks like Lutheranism and Anglicanism and one looks like Catholicism. You can't make Lutheranism and Anglicanism look like Catholicism simply because a pope said it is. This is nominalism. The pope is not Pharaoh. He does not have the power to, to say that the morning is the evening and the evening is the morning. The people of our day who do this nonsense... They look at the Pope like Muslims look at God. Muslims think that God can be made good or, or anything God does is good, even if it's something that we see as evil. This is absurd. Anyway, I'm going to take heat for this. I don't really care. For those of you who make YouTube videos about it, please use a good picture in your thumbnail and stop being uh, such an uncharitable 
uh, uh, fool. And um, as always, ladies and gentlemen, let me know what you think in the comments. This has been the Kennedy Report. Until next time, God bless.